Yesterday, I, I thanked a veteran for their service, and he looked at me, and he said, uh, you're very welcome. And then as I walked off, he said, listen, I'm not dead yet. Today's not Veterans Day. It's Memorial Day. <laughs> and my response was, but today is a day for me to remember. And um, so some of those folks on that slide, they're still serving today. And uh, we're so thankful. And they're still living today. But the day is a day of memory. Um, and we're going to take time to talk about that this morning and read some scriptures about it. And before I do that, I want to share two things with you that are actually uh, apart from my sermon. One is an announcement. I want to share some good news with you. Uh, we didn't expect it to happen this soon. But this week, we uh, bought the land next door, and we closed on that land. And we wanted to show you a picture of that closing. If you don't know that story, um, we didn't expect that land to become available within our first year of moving into this new facility, but it did. And we shared that with you as a body, and you guys generously responded in a way that would not only finish out all the funding for the youth lodge, but also uh, cover the initial expense for the land next door. We just doubled our campus size to almost, th- size to almost 30 acres. That's phenomenal, guys. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you for being such a generous congregation. We believe that's going to bless our church for years, decades to come. So let's talk about Memorial Day. If you have that uh, outline in front of you, I invite you to grab your Bible, grab a pen. We're going to talk about uh, what the, the power and the importance of remembering. The power and the importance of remembering. Now, Memorial Day is not an expressly religious day. I mean, honestly, Memorial Day is a secular day. But what's interesting is every Memorial Day weekend, we have a chance also to remember other things because Sunday falls right in the middle of our Memorial Day weekend. Now, since 1868, when Decoration Day kind of began, and then we began marking out a full weekend for this time of remembering those who have given their life for our freedoms, we have been honoring the, the members of our military services. Now, after 9-11, Memorial Day actually uh, took on a few more folks, and you probably are aware of that. We started honoring those who are fire and police and rescue and medical personnel who have given their life, even with the 9-11 tragedy. And I think that's very fitting. Now, real quickly, test, test real quickly, raise your hand if you have felt or been touched by the disease of Alzheimer's or dementia. Just raise up your hand. Had somebody in your family been around Alzheimer's or dementia? Lots of us have. You know what a toll that is, right? And so today I want to talk to you about memory. And if you've been touched by Alzheimer's or if you've had somebody with dementia in your family, you know what a loss it is to experience a loss of memory. We've had several folks in my family have this bout with Alzheimer's. And then all of a sudden, it's, it's, uh, you, you start losing so much. The truth of the matter is, memory and the power to remember is really a gift. God has given us a gift to be able to recall events or situations of background. We have a gift. Now, some of our gift is better than others, right? When it comes to our memories, right? But memory is a gift. Remembering is a powerful force for our lives. Now, we do this both nationally, we do this spiritually, we do this globally. Remembering is very, very, very important. Now, setting aside dates or events or even objects to help us remember is nothing new. 
Maybe you've been to a museum. I remember the first time I ever went to Andersonville, right down here, where I went through that museum for all the prisoners of war, for all of our different wars. It was just humbling, and it was eye-opening to me. We, it's nothing new for us to set aside places or objects or moments in time or days or weekends for us to remember. Now, what I want to remind you of, before we even make it to our national remembrance for those who have paid for our freedoms, I want to remind you of how God uses memory, all right? God knows that memory is a gift, and God knows how important and powerful it is to have moments where you mark out a place, mark out a moment, have an object that helps you remember the past because that can do great things for your future. Now, just in case you've forgotten some hallmarks of memory in the Bible, let me show you one of the first ones that ever God took and he said, hey, here's something I'm going to give you as a sign. Here's going to be a remembrance. Whenever you see this, I want you to remember back to something else. It was in Genesis chapter 9. Have you ever seen one of those before? You remember that? And God said, listen, I'm going to give you a sign. Here's a rainbow. And when you see this rainbow, I want you to remember the covenant of my love. I will never destroy the world again by by the power of water and by the power of the flood. God knows the power of memory. He literally put in the sky for us and said, listen, whenever you see this, I want you to mark that moment. Go back to that and remember that. Here's another one. Uh, Maybe you remember this image, Passover, right? Remember that story? When Moses and the, the Israelites were escaping Egypt and, and they were told to put the blood of the lamb over the doorposts and around so that the, the death angel would not come into their home and take... take and, and what's interesting is if you were Jewish every year, you go back and you remember the Passover, that the angel passed over those homes. This Passover was a way for God to say, remember... Remember my mercy. Remember how I rescued you from Egypt. Remember how I rescued you out of bondage and from the Egyptians. And every year at Passover, remember. Go back and remember. Maybe you remember uh, this story. This is the story of Joshua stacking stones. This was in in Joshua uh, chapter 3. They crossed over, remember, the Jordan And they moved into the new promised land that God had been promising all of their ancestors as they moved across the wilderness. And when they moved across, they moved across just like Moses and the Israelites had done at the Red Sea. Now Joshua and the Israelites did it at the Jordan. They moved across on dry ground. But this time, God stopped them on the other side. Right before they went into their inheritance and in the promised land, God stopped them and he said, now go and take stones and mark this moment. Mark them right on the edge of the shore here so that when children ask, what is this marker? You tell them about how I parted the the waters and you walked into the promise, walked into your deliverance on dry ground. Maybe you remember this story, the story of Esther. Esther's story is a story of deliverance as well. So when God provides freedom and deliverance and rescue, he marks a moment. Now you remember, I I don't have time to go into the whole story of Esther, but Esther along with Mordecai and a couple of others, saved the Jews from a holocaust. And this was so important that the Jews were about to be exterminated that God told them from this moment forward, you mark this story, the story of my deliverance through Esther. You mark it with a feast, and every year you have a feast. So the Jewish feast of Purim, every year when they get to that feast season, they feast and they go back in their minds to the story of their deliverance through Esther. Memory is a powerful thing. And all throughout Scripture, God has said, go back and remember what I did when I delivered you. 
Here, here's another one. Maybe you remember this, this, uh, this or maybe you've seen this before. Uh, Jewish graves. You ever been in a Jewish cemetery? And you ever notice that there are little rocks on top of the... Most people don't even know what those are about. <laughs> they see those little rocks sitting on top of the Jewish graves. They don't even know. And I always take a moment to tell my children the importance of those stones. Because those stones didn't get there by themselves. When family members come to remember their loved ones, they get a stone. They'll find a stone. They'll go hunt for a stone. They'll get a stone of remembrance. And they'll mark that grave that they remember the influence and the sacrifice and the care of that loved one. I'm not Jewish, but every time I go back to my dad's grave, I get a stone and I mark it there as my stone of remembrance of that person's influence over my life. So here's another one, and we're going to celebrate this one today. Holy Communion, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, whatever you call it, it's a memory, right? We go back with the bread and the juice to remember the broken body and the shed blood of Jesus. Jesus instituted this memory. How cool is that? Jesus around the table said, this is my body and my blood. And when you do this over and over and over again, go back and remember my sacrifice for you. So on this Memorial Day, I guess the most important thing that I want to share right at the beginning is setting a moment or an object or having an event that you go back and remember in time is nothing new. God's been doing that forever. It didn't start in 1868 with Decoration Day and then Memorial Day for us, right? I want to read a scripture for you. Notice that opening scripture out of the book of Deuteronomy. Because these are God's words. And this is how important it is for God to listen to what he's saying about marking the power of remembrance and marking the gift of memory. God's going to warn us. God says this in Deuteronomy, I believe it's chapter chapter 8. Remember... By the way, in my outline, I underline any time it said, remember or don't forget. You might want to do that as well. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years. Be careful that you, look at those three words, do not forget the Lord your God. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But there's that word again. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant which he swore to your forefathers, as it is today. If you ever forget, there it is again, you might want to underline those words. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today, this is God speaking, that you will surely be destroyed. Like the nations the Lord destroyed before you, so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. You know what God teaches us very early on in these scriptures from Deuteronomy is this. Whenever we forget the past, it often leads us to three bad places. The first one is thanklessness. You might want to write that down just maybe in the margin of your notes. Whenever we don't remember our past, it leads us to thanklessness. We, we become ungrateful. We experience some ingratitude in our lives because we haven't really remembered what has led us to the place where we are today. The second place it leads us is to pride. Or what I might call, in my notes, I wrote wrong-headed self-confidence, all right? It will lead you to a place of wrong-headed self-confidence. God said it in his word. If you don't, if you don't remember what I did for you when I rescued you, you'll look at yourself and say, it's by my hands that I did all this. Wrong-headed headed 
self-confidence and pride. And here's the third bad place it leads us to. We lose our way. And God was saying to the, to the people, to the Israelites, listen, I'm giving you a beautiful thing. I'm giving you your promised land. But if you don't remember that I'm the one who gave it to you, you'll become ungrateful and you will begin to look at yourself as your source and you're going to lose your way. You're going to lose your way. This Memorial Day, I want to challenge you to give thanks and remember some very important things. So in your outline, I want to invite you to that first one, uh, this Memorial Day, I want to invite you to remember the soldiers, the soldiers who died for our freedom. To remember the soldiers who died for our freedom. So why do we stop and have Memorial Day? Well, for some folks, they don't really understand what Memorial Day is. It's about grilling out for them, right? It's about pool parties and grilling. That's not what it's about at all, really. We have fun doing that because we have an extra day in our weekend. But I want to challenge you this Memorial Day to remember the soldiers who gave you your freedom. And I just want to think with you about their lives for a minute and who they were. Now, some of them, by the way, in a few minutes, I'm going to show you all the U.S. casualties of war. And before I show you all those phenomenal amounts of numbers of people who have given their lives for us, I want you to think about them for a minute, okay? And when I get to that place, I'm just going to ask you to be silent. And together, we're going to see how many gave their life in the Revolutionary War and how many gave their lives in the Korean conflict and how many of them gave their lives literally right now, Iraq and Afghanistan. But before we get there, One of the first things I want to say about those soldiers who paid the price for our freedom is that for some of them, literally, in the American Revolutionary War, what they were fighting for was literally the protection of their own home. They were fighting for their own defense, which is very important. They were defending a new way of life. For some of them, in the earliest of our conflicts, it wasn't about the ideology of America, that we were the city on a shining hill. It wasn't that we were going to promote freedom around the world. For those first folks who died for our country, for them it was a matter of having a new life and a new way and a place of independence and protecting their own home front. And do they deserve any less respect? Absolutely not. We owe them a huge debt of gratitude for founding our country. For some of those we honor today, um, they were pressed into service. They did not choose service. They did not choose to go into the conflict voluntarily. They were drafted. They were pressed into service. But here is a glorious thing. They stepped to the effort. They followed through, and they did not shrink from the commitment to stand for their country. And do we owe those who were pressed into service, any less debt of gratitude? Absolutely not. We are thankful and grateful for them not shrinking from their service. Some of those who have died for our freedoms died on foreign souls, so far away from their homeland, so far away from places like Nebraska or Rhode Island or Oregon or Florida or Georgia. They died in a very foreign place. They gave their life in a foreign place. And some of them, many of them, as you'll see on the screen in a few minutes, gave their life right here within the context of our own borders. They died in their own homeland. Some of them who gave their lives fought to fight for the immediate defense of our nation. We were under attack. I watched a video yesterday of Japan attacking Pearl Harbor those who stepped into service at that moment were, in that moment were defending our homeland. And others of them 
were fighting for future safeties of our country. They were protecting the future and the ideologies of America. They were making sure the, the, the homeland doesn't suffer the war to come across the waters to us. Literally, our soldiers are fighting that battle right now against ISIS and others in Afghanistan and Iraq. Both, whether they were defending us immediately or they were defending us for the future, all of those who gave their lives deserve that great honor. In the numbers that I'm about to show you, 45% of those who have died for our freedoms actually died from non-immediate battle action. Meaning that they either died from poor medical treatment or disease or what would call, be called a, a rear lines accident or some type of equipment failure. 45% of those who have died for our country died not fighting on the, on the front battle line. They were fighting for their buddies, all of them. By the way, as one, let me just tell you, as one who has been protected by the bravery, and I've never served in the armed forces, I find it incredible, the bravery and the valor of those who have looked side by side and rushed into battle to protect their brothers in battle. They fought for their friends. As we'll read in just a minute, the Bible says no greater love does someone have that it would lay down their life for their friends. In silence for a moment, let us give honor to those who have given their lives for our freedom. As we put these numbers on the screen, let it soak in upon you how many lives were given so that we could have the freedoms that we have in the United States of America. Would you pray with me? Father, make us grateful and help us to remember the great sacrifice that has been given for us. We are of the most blessed. And we're so thankful for those who have given their lives for many of us uh, just centuries ago. And Lord, we ask you for our brave men and women who are fighting for us right now to guard them and protect them. We ask for you to be with them, Lord, and let them feel your power and your strength. And we pray for this nation of ours, that we would be a nation that is under God. That we would be a nation that is blessed by you. And that we would be a nation that seeks to do good and right and to bring justice across this planet. Thank you, God, for those who have bled and died for our freedoms. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. 
if you've got your pen, let me invite you also during this Memorial Day. Oh, I didn't read that scripture, did I? Let me read that scripture to you. That scripture says this, the words of Jesus. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. The second thing I'd invite you to remember this Memorial Day are the saints who died for, for their faith, for our faith. The saints who died for our faith. Think about for a moment the saints who have gone before you, those who were Christ followers who led the way for us. Now think about that on two different levels. On one level, think, if you will, about all those who came centuries ago now for us to pave the way for Christianity. Think about the disciples and those who came after disciples and the early birth of the church. Think about the persecution that, that was able to then push the church underground and spread the church across, uh, across the world. Think about Christians of all different kinds who, began, who became missionaries, spreading the gospel all around the world, many of them becoming martyrs for their faith. But also, think about those who have given their faith for you, that literally you know their name. Think about grandmamas and granddaddies for a minute. Think about old pastors and preachers who led you in the Lord that you can give thanks for today. Think about maybe the first person to ever share grace with you or to lead you in a way that you would follow after Christ. For some of us, our memories can be long, and for some of us, we have a little shorter memory. There's some in this room you might be able to remember one or two or three generations beyond, right? And there's others of us, our memories might be a little bit shorter. But think about those saints who gave you faith and remember them in this day as well. Today we remember, I think it's fitting that we're in church to remember. Why don't we just take a minute to think about the martyrs who gave their life for their faith who did not shrink when their moment came to say, yes, I believe in God, and if it, if it means my life, I'll give my life in the midst of it. There are martyrs today. In this service today, so many people will give their life for the gospel of Christ. We should give thanks. I was telling somebody recently, I was telling somebody that the Bible actually says, for those who go before us and who have led us in the faith, the Bible says, metaphorically, they are cheering us on as if we are still running this race. They're pushing us forward. And it's important that we go back and remember their lives and now what they're doing for us. Listen to this from the, from the book of Hebrews. The Bible says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's those who've come in the faith before us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So on this Memorial Day, I want you to think about something. As we remember those soldiers who fought for our freedom, one of the things that it gives us is gratitude, and it helps us remember that it's not our own. It was paid with a price, and we don't lose heart. We don't lose heart. We know what we are trying to become and to be as a city set on a shining hill in this world, right? But the writer of Hebrews also said, when you remember those saints who've come before you, who've led the way, 
Remember them and remember the chief, Jesus, how he endured such opposition so that you do not lose heart. We remember those who gave us our faith. And then finally this, write this one down. So we're remembering the soldiers who gave us our freedom. We remember those who gave us our faith. Here's another one. We remember Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died for our forgiveness. And we give thanks for our forgiveness. So every Memorial Day weekend, sitting right in the middle of this moment for us to remember the soldiers and those who've given their life for us, we have a Sunday like this. And it has been often the case here at Harvest Point that on this Memorial Day weekend, we plan a moment of Holy Communion so that we can remember that Christ is the one who ultimately paid for our freedom. Listen, the freedom you have as an American citizen today is a short-lived freedom. The eternity of freedom could only be provided, provided by one, and his name is Jesus Christ. He gave us eternal offerings of forgiveness. I read an article this week I wanted to share with you, and I didn't bring it to read it, but the article was about, uh, it kind of looked through Jesus as the, with the lens of a soldier. Have you ever thought about this? Most soldiers, they leave their homeland and they go to somewhere else. They go fight a battle somewhere else. Have you ever thought about Jesus leaving his homeland? He left his place to come to our place. Most soldiers don't go fighting in their regular garment, do they? They actually change into battle gear, right? They wear different, they wear a soldier's uniform or a soldier's battle gear. And Jesus laid down his body, his eternal body, to take on our human form and to come wage war against evil for us. He fought against evil. He taught us about the kingdom of God. He redeemed the good from the evil. And in the end, he laid down his life for us. When I was a young Christian, I ran across this scripture that I want to close with today because it took me a while to get it. At first glance, it sounded like a little riddle to me. And it took me a little while to understand it, but I want you to get it in case you've never gotten it before. The Bible says this about the way that Jesus gave his life for us. In Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Let me stop right there one more time. Read that one more time. At just the right time while we were powerless. Powerless to do what? Powerless to save ourselves. Powerless to wipe out our own sin. Powerless to find any source of forgiveness on our own. We were powerless. We had no hope for eternity. At just the right time when we were so powerless, Christ came along and died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man. Though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. That's the part that I kind of thought was a riddle. I couldn't quite figure that out. But all the writer is saying there, and the, Paul is saying there in the book of Romans is, listen, every once in a while, you'll find somebody die for a righteous person. Or if there's just a good purchase person, there might not even be the same level of, somebody might even die for that person. If they're good, if they're righteous, but that's not who we were. We were evil, we were wicked, we were lost, we were, we were enemies with God. We were at war with God in our rebellious ways, and Jesus came and redeemed us then. Look at the Bible says, it says that next verse, um, but, that's a, that's a huge word there, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. 
That's amazing. When you were driving to church this morning, did you realize that Christ chose you and died for you? The Bible says you are a chosen people. He chose you to die for you. And what's more, here's the cool thing. He doesn't figure out who he's going to offer forgiveness to and then exclude some people and include others. It's not the way he works, okay? He says, anyone who will, all who may, you can receive forgiveness. That's pretty cool, all right? Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter what your education is. Doesn't matter how much money you have. Doesn't matter how far you've gone. All of us are invited to be forgiven. So real quickly, here's my question for you. And it's kind of a rhetorical question, okay? Do you have anything in your life today that needs forgiveness over? I'm going to ask that again in case you didn't get it, okay? Do you have anything in your life that needs forgiveness over? By the way, if you're breathing, the answer to that question is yes, right? Yes. You see... Here's the beauty of Christ. He comes and dies for us. He forgives us, and yet he knows we're going to stumble again. He knows we're going to fall. And watch this. The cross forgives our past mistakes. It forgives us today in the present. And it promises us grace for the future. So here's the cool thing. And and by the way, if you're kind of new to Harvest Point, let me kind of explain communion. We invite everybody here to communion. We don't say, we don't hold anybody back. I mean, if, you, uh, if, you've, if you're a mass murderer, you'd be welcome right here, okay? Jeff, that's you. Uh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's all of us, okay? And, and here's another thing. Here's another thing. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. We let the smallest of children come and receive communion. Why? It's simply this. It's not our table. It's the Lord's table, Right? It's not Harvest Point table. It's not a Methodist table. This is the Lord's table. And one of the things that's unique about Harvest Point is when you come and receive, this is just a place of freedom. You can go back to your seat. Maybe you talk to Christ there. Some folks bow a knee at the altar and they just spend some time talking to God and saying, thank you, God. Sometimes they're talking to God about that place, that place that needs forgiveness. Sometimes families gather here and they'll just meet together as a family and they'll spend a moment together praying as a family. I know some holy moments for families have happened right here at this altar. But here's the deal. The most important thing is that you have a moment with Christ. That's the most important thing. And I would ask you that question again. Do you have, what do you have that needs forgiveness today? Why would you go get in your car and drive off this campus and have something still in you, still on your mind, still heavy on your heart, that you didn't say, here it is, Jesus. I thank you. I receive forgiveness. I give it to you. You know what the Bible says? The Bible says when we give God our old wrong mistakes, when we give him our failures and our our rebellion, when we give him our dark things we've done, you know what the Bible says he does? Amazing. Listen to this. I don't understand it. I'm just going to tell you ahead of time. I don't get it. The Bible says God chooses to remember it no more. Memory is a powerful thing. 
how could the God of the universe who flung the stars in space ever not remember something? He is omniscient, right? All, he's all-knowing. He is omnipotent, all-powerful. In his own plan, he says, when, when you give it to me and I forgive it, I wash it clean, I remove it as the east is from the west. I, I like what Mother Teresa said. He throws it into the, into the depths of the sea and puts a no fishing sign right there. Don't you go digging it up, right? And he says, I will remember it no more. Why would you drive off the campus and not give it to God? We remember the soldiers who fought for our freedoms and we give thanks. We remember the saints who gave us our faith, and who paved us the way, and hallelujah, who still are cheering us on today. And on this Memorial Day weekend, we come into this memorial, and we take the bread, and we take the juice under ourselves, just like Jesus taught us to. And we remember the cross, and we remember the one who bore the burden for us, and we receive that into ourselves, a memorial taken into ourselves. And freedom and forgiveness is offered once again. I'm so glad you're in church today. I hope you have a moment with Jesus. Would those who are going to serve us today come to the table? We want to invite our children and our student ministry. They're going to come in too. So moms and dads and grandmas and granddads, uncles and aunts, help our children find their way.